Romans chapter 14. When you get to chapter 14, let's begin by looking down at verse number 7. Romans 14, 7. Father, thank you for blessing and anointing the Word of God today as it's brought in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 14, 7. For none of us lives to himself, and no man dies to himself. Of course, he's writing Christians here. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose. And not only died and rose, but the third thing he did, different from dying, different from rising, and revived. He died, he rose, and in the King James, revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. He died, he rose, and he revived. Revived means to recover life. It means to live again. He not only arose, but he lives again. Died, rose, and then Revived, to live again, to recover life. You know, as you look at some of the things that you see on some of the bizarre television programs today, not that you watch many of those, but perhaps in scanning the channel for something decent to watch, if you ever watch television, you might come across some of the weird things going on in this world today. Some of the weird things people do, even mothers killing their own children and and uh, all kinds of crimes and horrible things, behavior of, of people, behavior of unredeemed man, doing things in this world. But after all, we've got to remember that spirits, invisible spirits, for them to manifest in the natural, they need some kind of a living object to manifest in. When Jesus cast the devils out of the demoniac, they didn't go to a stone or a wooden altar or a wooden idol or something. They didn't go into the trees. They went into living organisms in the natural. They went into the swine, and the swine went over the cliff. Yes, uh, spirits need a house to live in and manifest themselves through. Well, if you haven't been born again, if you've not been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, if you're just a vessel out there, certainly spirits come in different degrees, different kinds, and different people, and manifest themselves in their behavior. Can anybody say amen to that? How many times have we heard someone who is a serial killer or something, and they say, well, this voice which said it was God told me to do this. They were hearing a voice, all right, but the problem is when it's a lying voice, <laughs> then if you believe the lie, then you're the sucker, because they will come and lie to you, and, but they want to manifest their evil deeds and they can do it through people. And so, we shouldn't be surprised when we see demonic behavior manifested in people out there in the world. For one thing, they have what's called the spirit of the world, a spirit of its own. And for another thing, until they come to God, the Bible says that their father is, is the devil. Well, if they don't have a relationship with God, they still have a father because the devil's their father. That's what Jesus told the people that persecuted him. He said, he said, your father is the devil. 
That's hard language. One of them he called a devil, the person. And so that's the world that we live in. Why are we surprised when this ungodlike behavior manifests in them? We, we should be expecting it. Uh, the worse the situation, the worse the manifestation. You know, when, when, when the man brought the child to Jesus who had a, a spirit, as the child was lying on the ground and rolling and foaming, Jesus turned to the man and said, How long has this been going on? And the father said, Well, this came into him when he was just a child. It came into him. Many of your childhood experiences can open the door for things to come in that might be wanting to manifest themselves the rest of your life. But just as demons need houses, so does God the Spirit need a house to dwell in. And not just to dwell in, but to manifest himself through. To express and to be the hand of God upon this earth. The Holy Spirit living inside you and me and not just being there. Not just being there, but being allowed to manifest himself. All this is just a kind of a little part of what we're going to be covering in the conference coming up soon, which is about the role of the Holy Spirit and how to do your part as a Spirit-filled Christian to access the role that the Holy Spirit operates and manifests Himself in, wants to manifest Himself in. So it says here that in Romans 14, verse 9, it said... Christ both died and rose and revived, recovered again, lived again, that he might be Lord not just of the dead, but Lord of the living. So ungodly acts acted out. They happen through yielded vessels. And godly acts acted out also happen through yielded vessels. God wants to do the same through his Holy Spirit. That we see done in people who don't have the Holy Spirit, but they still have a spirit manifesting and acting out things through them. Let's look at Ephesians as we explore this some more. Ephesians, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to turn next. Ephesians chapter 2, we'll start down with, towards the end of it, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. Do you love the Word of God? This morning, Ephesians 2.18 says, Through him, and is speaking of Christ, Christ Jesus, through him, we have, excuse me, we both have, through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Through Christ, we have access by one spirit, by the Holy Spirit, just one, the Holy Spirit. Access to the Father. Unto the Father. Now therefore you're no more strangers, you're not foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, by whom all the building fitly framed together grows into a holy temple. A holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together for, listen, a habitation of God, a place for God to inhabit, a habitation of God through the Spirit. 
the habitation of God, the place where God would come and dwell and live and act out himself through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. I remember learning this as a young, spirit-filled Christian. Uh, when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, I began to experience the different ways that he would lead and guide and direct. And it would come at first by just a knowing that would come to me. Only one of the ways, though, that he does speak and lead, but a knowing would come. I remember one day I was driving into Beaumont. I'd been out of town, and a knowing just came to me. You might say it was an idea that kept popping into my head, along with the idea that kept popping in. It was just uh, I could not really track the thought to some root. I couldn't think, well, I was thinking about this, and it reminded me of that, and follow a train where you get to where those thoughts emanated or started, it just started coming in. And I, if, I, if I pushed away the thought, it would come back, and knowing with it that I was to go and visit this person. Actually, that's a woman who used to be our, uh, our landlord when we were newly weds, and, and was in my first job, and we rented an apartment, and it kept coming to me, go and visit this woman. So, in obedience, and, and just beginning to learn to detect these things that come by the Spirit, through the Spirit. I went to her house, and she was home. She invited me in for coffee. I drank some coffee. Then the knowing that came, it wasn't a thought. It was just a knowing. Just a knowing. Pray with her. Pray with her. Pray with her. And then there became, began a battle in my mind and between the impulses I was getting about praying with her because I didn't know how to open the subject. I wasn't a minister at that time. I was a young, new Christian. I did, it seemed awkward to me to just bring it up. I didn't know how to bring the subject around to it. So I'd already made up my mind I was going to deny the impulse, drink the coffee and get out of there. And when I finished the coffee and didn't know any more to say about just visiting and saying how, how things are going, I said, well, I said, uh, I sure enjoyed the coffee. And, and uh, I said, I guess I'm going to be going now. And the woman said, Mr. Thomas, before you leave, would you mind saying a word of prayer with me? I was dumbfounded. Never had come anywhere in the subject. But I was recognizing how the Holy Spirit is involved in bringing you and leading you to a place so that you can do your part and minister to someone and how the angels can work out the semantics of it, the traffic signals, the finding of the place, the uh, having uh, the environment ready, having the circumstances ready, how it's all part of a team project. And when I simply prayed a prayer with her, the tears were coming out of her face. She simply needed someone to pray with her. And God wanted a vessel that he could act through, just like he did Jesus when he acted through him, to minister to one of his children. Oh, hallelujah. Do you grasp the simplistic power of that? That's powerful. That God could bring you to the place. And you just do your simple little part, which the Holy Spirit doesn't do. You do that part. And you say the prayer. The Holy Spirit anoints it. And it ministers to the person. And they're so thankful to God. And He gets the glory. But, but because He sent someone to pray with them. And because someone helped them by praying for them. And so, that's the habitation of God through the Spirit that He wants to manifest and use you to manifest through. 
Well, he can use some demon-possessed man to get up on a tower and start shooting people or to do all sorts of lewd acts and horrible things. But what about God on the other side who wants to do wonderful things through yielded vessels who've learned to flow and cooperate with God through the Holy Spirit that God can come and manifest Himself upon this earth all a part of the Holy Spirit in us. I remember uh, when I began to pray as a young Christian to be used. You know, it's like it's like this little flashlight I have at home. When I get up in the night to go downstairs and pray, I get the little flashlight and it just shines the beam wherever I want it to see my way around. And I use it to look at the Bible. I don't turn on the house lights. And wherever I shine the beam, that's where it gets illuminated. I've learned that wherever you direct your prayers, many times that's what causes things to happen that wouldn't have happened, including being used of the Lord. If you begin to focus your prayers on being used, suddenly the hand of God begins to set up situations and scenarios and begins to give you opportunities to be used simply because you begin to pray that way. Oh, it's so easy to get our prayers focused on our immediate problems and difficulties that we cope with. But if you intentionally begin to pray, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, then all of a sudden, because of the prayers went out on being used, then that's where God begins to move. He says, you have not because you ask not. Ask and you shall receive. So much of it's prayer. As you pray to be used, now God's got a vessel that's praying for something that's right in His will. Then it's up to Him to do His part as you cooperate also. So I began to pray just to be used, just to be used. And now watch, this is just the hand of God. That all I'm doing at this point is praying. A man just comes up to me. He said, you know, I, I, passed, I, I teach a Sunday school class in this denominational church over here across town. And he said, uh, I've been praying. See, when you get people praying on both ends, that's often the catalyst too. Both ends praying. He said, I've been praying and I feel like uh, it might be good if you would come and and share your testimony with my Sunday school class. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. He said, well, I'll, I'll let you know when the time is right. So, so a few weeks went by, and he said, how about next Sunday? I said, great. He said, well, be there at 9 o'clock. And so at 9 o'clock, I came up to this church. I'd never been to this church before. Never been, uh, as far as I remember, I guess I'd been to a, it was a Methodist church. I guess I'd been to a Methodist church when I was in the Boy Scouts. We used to go once every quarter. They'd have night for Boy Scouts to come to the service. And they'd present them with a, they'd tell the church about it being one of their mission outreaches. And so, but I went to the church and he met me and took me in and we got ready to teach. He taught the senior citizens. And just as we were getting ready to start the class, a knock came on the door and he, he looked up. He looked kind of panicky. And he, he said, yes. And they said, oh, we don't have any teacher this morning. Can we join our class with your class? And again, he looked panicky. Uh-oh, I may get in trouble. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, he said, well, he said, we have a special speaker this morning. We're not doing the normal quarterly lesson. I said, well, that's all right. We don't have anybody. He said, well, uh, I, he, tried, he was trying to find reasons to evade it because he was, I guess, fearful of getting in trouble. And one of them said, look, it's no problem. We can go down to the fellowship hall. We could just go down to the fellowship hall and we can, we can meet there. He said, well, if it's all right with y'all and y'all understand we have a guest speaker this morning. I said, oh, that's fine. That's fine. We don't have anybody. Let's go. So we all begin to walk down the hall. 
And I looked around, there was about 30 people. I said, where did all these people come from? We started off with maybe eight or nine people. Now we had a hall full of people walking. Now watch, what's the setup of God as I'm walking? person right next to me turns to the person next to them and they say, they said, you know, I've been going to this church for 30 years and I don't ever remember us doing this before. And I'm going, wow, this is bigger than me. This, this, this is something I could not have rigged up if I'd planned and studied, if I'd, if I'd you know, advertised. Look at what God's doing. And we went into the fellowship hall and the thing filled up. I guess we had 30 people or so and I began to share my testimony, all the things I've been through looking for the truth. And I had them bow their heads and close their eyes. And out of those 30 people, I think three-fourths of them raised their hand to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just never had been presented with that concept of that's how it works and you really need to know him. And I was amazed. I was amazed at how God scenarioed that. And that was all just because of my prayer. Just because I prayed, Lord, use me. How God showed me how he could go and work through another person praying and work through circumstances. Uh, the person that was supposed to teach, I'm sure God had orchestrated him not to be there that morning. Because he wanted hungry hearts to hear truth and respond. That he could get his relationship on up another level with them and, and, and get them started on the road to a deeper walk with him. And, and, and bring them to the everlasting life that they had never had that or never knew that they had, you know, didn't have the assurance of a relationship with God. And I began to be in awe of how God can do it. And it wasn't because I was anything special. I just learned if you pray to be used, then God will open doors for you to be used. He did all that. The only part I did when I shared my testimony, my own words, was just the anointing of God was upon my sharing, which it would be with anybody who's placed by the Holy Spirit into a place to give their testimony. God will anoint the words, the thoughts, whatever your vocabulary level is. God works through it all. And God did the work. God's looking for vessels that he can come and manifest through to get our eyes off of our own self and the things that are going on and mix with our prayers. Lord, I want to be used. God, lead me, lead me to a place. That, lead me, use me. Let me bear fruit for you, God. I want to be used. That causes things to happen simply because you prayed. The beautiful thing about the flashlight beam is it goes out in front of you so you can see where you're going. Prayers go into the future and cause things that are going to happen to open up the manifestation of God and the opportunities of God. Because you sent your prayers into the future, then when the time comes, the future shows up. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're already over there in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look down back to verse 4. Chapter 2, verse 4. God. You know, we say hallelujah when I say the name of a verse, but just when I say God, we should say oh, glory to God, hallelujah. But God, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, but God, who's rich in mercy. Oh, you need to think about that. You know, he has more mercy sometimes than we go and draw from him. We don't go and, and, and boldly get the grace that we deserve as Christians because, you know, we're works in progress. But he's rich in mercy. I mean, he has tons and bundles of mercy. God who is rich in mercy, it said. Mm, mm, mm. It says, God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened that's a good King James word too. Has made us alive. Has made us alive together with Christ. 
by grace, or by whose grace you are saved, and has raised us up. Thank you, Jesus. Has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Exceeding riches of his grace. Some of you are not drawing upon grace by faith. Grace is like any other promise. You believe God for grace and grace will show up. If you believe God for works, then you'll just work and you won't get the results you would get with grace. If you messed up yesterday, if you messed up ten minutes ago, go get some grace and get forgiveness, but still expect the favor of God, the blessings of God to come into your life. He'll work with you to overcome the weakness. In the meantime, grace is there for you. Grace is there for you. Grace is there for you. That He might show. He wants to show in the ages to come. To show, to picture it, to show it, act it out. The exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us. Oh, I could shout right there. I could, through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. There's the joy of servinghood because He's quickened us together with Christ. Quickened us together. I came down here a couple of weeks ago to just check on some things and to uh, get everything ready for the service coming up on Sunday. And just down here doing some things in the building, Spirit of God came on me of thanksgiving and praise because I was doing what He called me to do. I was doing what he called me to do. If it's down here just getting things ready, I was doing what he called me to do. Doing what God called me to do. He wants a vessel that he can do things through, whatever it might be. And so many times you can feel his presence if you will focus on the fact that I'm not doing this because I've got to do my duty or do my part or do my share. That I'm doing what God called me to do and he's manifesting himself through me to do the different parts that was just one of the roles of a pastor just the different roles you know sometimes pastors do find things that they need to do hands on and uh, but just being involved in doing what God called me to do the blessing of that it's the joy of servanthood the joy of servanthood Let's look at Psalms chapter 37. You know, what God really wants to do is He wants you to be led from one encounter unto another encounter. If your eyes and focus are off of that, then it won't happen like it should and could happen. He's warning encounters to happen to you of all different kinds. And He's made you alive and quickened you and He's living through you your habitation that he can do things through one encounter to another look at verse 23 we're in Psalm 37 verse 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered that means placed in order in a sequence one, two, three, four, five the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delights in his way and you know what, you don't have to read this, but you can quote this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3 
and verse 6. Because it says, uh, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. One encounter to another. A lot of Christians not knowing how to walk in that, they, they'll say just a prayer. Now, Lord, you have your way in our meeting today. Then they go into the meeting. And whatever happens, they say, well, you know, we prayed and asked God to have his way. And, uh, but I learned a long time ago that that's not how it really works, you know. Lord, now you order my steps today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, everything I go, everywhere I decide to go, whatever I decide to do, uh, God's in control because I prayed that prayer. No, 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 no. I know Christians who prayed, now, Lord, if it be thy will, heal this person. Well, God didn't heal him, you know. No, 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 no. You see the, you see the similarity there? God, you order my steps, then you go back and live your own way, and, and it's, it's his fault if things didn't just happen. But when you pray for God to order your steps, then it's up to you to be the yielded vessel that he can do that through. Well, I think I'm going to go down to, to the pancake house this morning, eat a six pancakes with syrup all over them and just lazy out. I don't feel like going to work today. I'm going to stay home. But, you know, I pray for the Lord to order my steps. Well, duh. You know, give me a break. The prayer is a starting point, I'm telling you. If you acknowledge him in all your ways, for one thing, if you're going out to eat, Lord, lead me to the place where you got me, where you would have me to eat. I've seen a thousand things happen because simply we prayed for God to lead us. If he didn't tell me right then in the spirit, then I would lead, expect him to lead and guide even the people I'm with because of the prayers. It's the prayers, it's the prayers, it's the prayers. And then when you get to the restaurant, because you've prayed and because you've depended on God, because you've been watching and listening and being the vessel he wants you to be, then you expect to be in the place where you're supposed to. Not because my flesh says, I'm going to go get the all-you-can-eat barbecue place today. It's you did your part to have him lead you and direct you. And when you get there, then you're looking for God. And I'm always expecting God to sit me where he wants. They said, you want a booth or a table? I said, doesn't matter. The party I'm with says a booth. I'm, 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 I'm saying, Lord, I'm trusting you to have the waitress lead us to the booth where we're supposed to be seated and me to be seated where I'm supposed to be facing. Now, that's the kind of prayer that when you say, God, direct my path, you're doing your part to follow the direction. Amen. What's good if you say, direct my path, and there's all kind of signs and you just ignore them and go your own way? Well, I prayed the prayers up to God to sovereignly make my steps go the way I'm not choosing to go. No, 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 no. You see, it's doing your part. So he can lead you from one encounter to another. All different kinds of encounters. But God sets up encounters. And praying is a catalyst. And then doing your part to cooperate with the Holy Spirit who's wanting to be in control. Causes you to step into the scenario that's arranged. And then for God to use you as his vessel. For him to carry out his purpose and plan and work. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. I know it's the walk he wants us to have. More and more and more and more and more. We sing the song, more of you, Lord, more of you. And you do that part and you see it begin to happen. Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 4. The Gospel of John, chapter 4. The praying is so much a big part of it. One encounter to another. If someone's hungry and 
they're crying out to God for help. That's when God needs a vessel he can send. And it all starts with prayer and following God. And he'll set up the encounter so that they can be ministered to. Just like Philip on the road to the eunuch who was driving the chariot. The encounter was waiting. But Philip heard from the angel and he heard from the Holy Spirit. So, John chapter 4, verse 4. You're very familiar with this story. The woman at the well. Jesus, of necessity, must pass through Samaria. In the place where he was going, it was necessary to go through Samaria. And he comes to a city of Samaria, <coughs> Sychar. And Jacob's well was there. And because he was tired, being tired with his journey, he sat on the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's why I like the King James, it gives the actual number, not translated into noon or not translated into the, the, what we would recognize it as today, but the number that has something attached to it, a meaning. There's the number six showing up in the timing of this, the number associated with man. And you know the story, the woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus steps in. Now here comes Jesus as the vessel. It's up to God to set it up. It's up to God to lead him as he goes. It's up to God to be even involved in it, but him to be watching for the opportunity that God's got available for him. And uh, he said to the woman, give me to meat, uh, give me to drink. I look at the verse below it. Disciples are going to get meat. He said, give me to drink. She said, how is it that you being a Jew ask drink of me? I'm a woman of Samaria. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. And he goes on and ministers to her about the Holy Spirit. The water that I give, verse 14, shall be in this person a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And she says, give me this water. He said, go call your husband and come here. Now he's operating in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit you know, to be watching, listening for that to happen, to be in the Spirit. And then he ministered to her. She goes and brings some men back, a group of people. And he ministers to the whole large group there. And they were ministered to through the vessel. God setting up the encounter. Oh, yeah, after Thanksgiving meal in which we all eat too much. We ate the big, big meal, and then we sat down, and then they made some coffee and brought us a cup of coffee to top it off. Oh, that was after the dessert. Of course, we had dessert, too. And I was so full, and, and one of the people there said, man, it doesn't get any better than this. Didn't this coffee just the perfect setup, just the perfect ending to that feel so satisfied and full and complete? And that's how Jesus must have felt in the Spirit when he said, I have me to eat you know not of. To feel that when you know that you just walked out of an encounter that God put together, you being the vessel, you being the vessel so that he could come and manifest himself and bring revival to that a group of people from that city. You being the vessel, and I'm telling you, it begins with prayer and then being aware of what your role is 
and how God operates, the whole thing brings about what your life is really all about. And we're closing just a short message today, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, unless the Holy Spirit has me do some other things. Holy, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know the chapter the, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit, Him showing up and doing things that you can see, is given to every man to profit with in ministry. So, you see, God wants that manifestation to come in real life happenings. And the way it can happen is you having the gift that's given you by the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, to come and the gift manifests through you, the vessel. It shows up and manifests through you, the vessel. It's given to you to profit with, to profit with in ministry. Without the operation of the supernatural gifts, God's hands are so many times they're just tied. His hands are tied because there's no supernatural there. Because the gifts aren't operating. Glory to God. The gifts aren't operating. Remember when God sent me to a church to go and learn about the gifts. He sent me to that church just for a season of growing. About two years. And and, as soon as I got there, he showed me a dream. Well, he showed me a dream to go. That's powerful, the supernatural spirit leading you that way. So when I went now, it's all part of preparation. He showed me the pastor driving the car, and I was in the passenger seat. And as I looked at the pastor from the side, his face changed. And he became a friend of mine, and then it changed back to the pastor. And when I thought about the friend and what he might could be symbolic of, I remembered that he had... Finished college, got his master's degree, and now he was actually teaching in a college. And God said to me, this man's going to be your college professor. And he began to teach me mostly about the operation of the spiritual gifts. Because God wanted me to have that in, in me to profit with in, minister, in ministry, including one-on-one encounters. It's there to profit with so it can manifest the supernatural because the gift's in you to stir up and to use. And so, uh, so while I was there, then he came with a dream about no Kenneth Hagin books in the library. And he said, now, I want you to get some faith in you too, faith teaching. All that to profit with and carry out the work of the Lord. And so I took the correspondence course from Kenneth Hagin, senior, and, and uh, took that three-year course and, and to get in me preparation for what God had wanted to use me for. And he uses it in one-on-one, one-on-one encounters like anything else, things that he sets up. And, and that all begins with prayer. The amazing power of prayer that goes into the future and then God sets up encounters for you. Oh, but if you're going through a bunch of stuff and just focusing on, you know, stuff you're going through, then you miss the encounters. And even as the teaching this morning, if you're not looking underneath the stuff that's going on, you, you miss the gold that's there. It's, it's all part of God, step by step, taking you where you need to, to go and doing what he needs to do and a lot of it is preparing you for ministry down the road or to help and minister to other people. It's all there. It's all there. So, my prayer is that 2012 will be a special year for God to 
use you to be his hand that he comes and manifests himself through by you flowing with and recognizing encounters that he sets up. Encounter to encounter to encounter daily. Every day. Different encounters for different reasons. And to recognize it and be his manifested, uh, manifestation of the supernatural to whatever the situation calls for. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we ask for a fresh impartation of awareness of how you want to anoint us to walk into continual godly encounters that you would set us up to draw upon all the different things you've put in us because you're our, we are your place of habitation. And certainly you want to reach out and touch and minister to people. So Father, anoint us to be aware of this and to pray that way and to focus on it. That we might also get the euphoria and the blessing of knowing that as much as Jesus was sitting on the well, aware of what had just happened by you setting him up with an encounter to minister, that we would experience the same, same feeling of, I have meat to eat that you know not of, and I'm seeing the Father. I'm seeing what he's doing, and I'm doing the same thing the Father's doing, and I'm the vessel who's getting blessed here because God is fully manifesting himself through me to touch and minister to people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to anoint hands this morning to do the work of God in a fresh way. That He'll come and revive. That He'll come and revive. Just as Jesus was revived, that He will be revived and that is His life brought back to life through you in you. This morning, if you want your hands anointed for this, just come to the front. Form a line shoulder to shoulder and stretch out your hands. That his works might be revived in your life. and That he might live through you, manifest himself through others through you. In the name of Jesus, anoint these hands to do fresh work for God in the days to come. A fresh new anointing to go from encounter to encounter. Prayers focused on God setting you up and using you to minister to others. Prayers focused. Prayers focused for God to set you up and use you to minister to others. And to recognize that's what he's about. And that's what he's doing. And you're the yielded vessel. You're the vessel for him to use to minister to these others in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's praise him just for a moment. Just praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ho ho sande di bibo dororo kandarekititi. Sande di bibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibibib
to come and manifest through. That's the enemy and his tactics. But submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and focus your prayers. Focus your prayers on the higher place and focus your prayers on the prayer for God to set you up and to help you to recognize the setup. That he might use you every day in different encounters for his part to come through as a servant, as the vessel he can manifest through, says the Lord. He, 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 see. Say, baby, 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 baby. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I do bless you this week. I speak the blessing upon you that you're going to experience encounters this week. That God's going to not your coming and your going. That God's going to communicate to you about finances this week. And use supernatural guidance to be part of his provision of finances this week. That God's going to have people leave and come back. Listen to me by the Spirit. That you're going to experience people leave and then come back. And when they come back, that's the double sign that you didn't say or do what you're supposed to do. They're going to leave and then come back. When they come back, you're going to say, Oh, I forgot to look or be the vessel for God. And you're going to realize they're back for a reason. You're going to go ahead and say or do what you felt the impulse to do. Or you go and seek and find the reason that God sent them back. They're going to leave and come back. That's going to be your sign from God. There's something here that you need to do. There's a ministry. Some kind of ministry needs to come forth. Something to be said, done, whatever. They're going to leave and come back. Whether they forget something or just decide to come back or whatever. You're going to see the hand of God on that. Hallelujah. This is going to be a week when you're going to make some right decisions. And you're going to realize that God was working with you in the decision process to help you make right decisions this week. And directions that you're taking. This is going to be a week. When you're going to reach down and draw upon the joy that's inside you for the Holy Spirit. And it's going to come up and manifest. Remembering to do it. To draw upon the joy and it's going to come up and manifest in your life. The joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. You're going to be blessed in your prayer time. Blessed as you seek God in the word this week. You're going to receive visions and dreams in the night season from God this week. And this week... So help me, you're going to experience a spring in your step when you wake up, get up in the morning. You're going to experience a new spring in your step. And you'll remember this word. A new spring in your step this week. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you want some personal prayer, we're right here to pray with you. Uh, yeah, we, we've been praying for Daniel and Mary, but we'll pray some more. We can do that. Have these people here together. Let's pray for Mary before we close. Heavenly Father, as we bring Mary's situation to you, Father, we, we, uh, we choose to come in faith, in the Spirit, and somehow you are working through this whole thing to bring good. Father, we ask that Mary get her eyes off of the negative circumstances and her eyes on you, Lord, that you would anoint her to get above that and to uh, see the hand of God and get the direction of God. But, Lord, in the meantime, we do plead the blood of Jesus over her and over her household. We, plead, uh, we, we pray for the peace of God to rest on her, which is her portion, Father. And, Lord, that you are working to bring good from this some way. We claim that and believe it, Father. Anoint Mary just to trust and to hear and obey 
Lord, and you're going to meet every need of hers because you said you would. You're her source. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the blood of Jesus over the whole situation. Amen. If you get something specific for her, will you share it with her? Amen. It keeps coming to my mind that the Lord always orchestrates our life, whether we realize it or not. How do we know that you're stepping out into a different area to do ministry like Pastor was ministering this morning? In the situation you find yourself in, you were telling me you were making a transition to somewhere else. Who's there hurting and needing something from the Lord? So we believe you're going to know as you go. We believe that God's going to orchestrate your steps. You, you know, stranger to hearing from God and following God. That's going to work like it always has in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's a Holy Spirit daily walk. Same for Barbara. Same for Barbara this week that that's going to happen work in your life in the name of Jesus. And the peace of God rests on you. In Jesus' name. Sure.